0: Between the time when wargamers played with chainmail and the rise of the wizards of the coast, there was an age of gamers. And unto this, Gygax, destined to bear the crown jewel of TSR upon a troubled brow. ...to show you all how to roll for initiative.
1: The Roll for Initiative Podcast, volume number two, issue number 91. DM Vince sitting alongside DM Nick.
2: Hey folks, how you, go? How you doing,
1: how you doing? <laughs> and DM Will. What's going on? And that's much we're sitting there for another episode of the Roll for Initiative Podcast, in case you haven't heard, or this is your first time listening ever... We are the only podcast dedicated to Advanced Dungeons and Dragons First Edition, the one and only, the best edition. Come on, guys, back me up.
2: Woot woot! Oh yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> of course. But
1: well, we promise you, we are Thack zero free.
2: Yeah, there's another uh, uh, podcast that takes care of that stuff.
1: Yeah, one no one I ever listens to.
0: I think someone mentioned on the it's like our sister, our sister podcast.
1: Yeah, nobody listens to it anyway, so don't worry about it.
0: Oh.
1: Ooh, no, I'm kidding. Um, They're a wonderful podcasts, uh, Thackless yeah. Hammer. Listen to them and enjoy. Anyway, so uh well, we're three of us are back together, finally.
2: Yeah. Like I said last time, it was a weird July was a weird month, so yeah. more or less back to normal.
1: We're back to normal, sitting in our chairs, relaxing, waiting for the summer to be over.
2: Yes. Three guys who are, like, somewhere in their 40s or 30s, sitting around talking about first edition Dungeons & Dragons.
1: Hey, if that's normal, yeah. I'm there. <laughs> hey, I'm not that old just yet.
0: Okay. Oh, i would take offense to that because I know I'm 42, but, I mean, really?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, rub it in there.
2: I, I'm, I'm right behind you there. I'll get up there with my walker. I'll...
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not, I'm not the baby of the group anymore. Matt is, actually.
0: Yes, yeah, so he's a young whippersnapper. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he's not here today because he's playing... What is he doing again?
1: Uh, Hero Clicks, a tournament Hero Clicks. He's trying to win that $300 uh, Thanos uh, Hero Click or something. Yeah, uh,
0: that's what that's, it
2: is, yeah. yeah. I remember when we were coloring our dice with crayons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I remember we used pieces of paper inside of a cup.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and we liked Aww. it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Will is so old they didn't even have dice invented back then, right?
0: You know, yeah, you know, that's the bad part about it. Oh, they literally days. rolled the bones. Yeah, they literally <laughs> rolled the bones. <laughs> I'm gonna have to take some Geritol now. <laughs>
1: Alright, so uh we're all here. We don't need to hear what we're doing. We'll head right into Sage Advice.
0: Sage Advice.
1: Sage Advice. We can sing Sage Advice. <laughs> Sage Advice this week is brought to you by Mattel. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Sage Advice, we have a couple emails. You can email us at staff at gmail.com or 570-865-4210, the hotline.
2: That's right. All kobolds are standing by.
1: Yes, they're standing by. <laughs> if you take your pledge, will you pledge for that little kid out there? <laughs> anyway, we have <sighs> an email that just came in. Boom And DM Will. Go ahead.
0: Let's see here. It says here, hey, all, DM Dan here. I just listened to issue 89 segment on playing evil characters, and I have to say that DM Will is wrong. <sighs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and he goes here, don't feel bad, Will. I'm not a Will hater. You're my favorite host. Here's why. So he, he, he got some uh, brownie points there. Uh hmm it says here, Will states that as a good person, he's incapable of playing evil accurately. When has A D and D or D and D been about playing things completely accurately? I've never heard in any game I ever been in anything like, dude, I just can't get into this because the game doesn't treat combat, religion, whatever else like it really is. Why should morality and ethics be any different? Here, an approximate uh, let's say approximation is likely good enough. Let me see here. Furthermore, if a must be played accurately, what about something as simple as the basic mental stats? I know I play characters that are either smarter or dumber than I am, for instance. It's impossible for me to play these characters accurately, but that's never pointed out as an issue. Why, again, should evil good be different? Let's see what his last part here says. I also think it's important to remember that just because a character is evil doesn't mean that he or she is always completely evil at all times. For PCs, if the evil character has a reason to care about his or her companions, even if it's just that by working with them, he or she furthers his or her own evil ends, then that PC shouldn't cause more trouble than a good and neutral character. Other reasons, love, religion, shared background, etc. are even better. I think that it's only when a PC is played in the stereotypical thirteen-year-old boy, "I'm evil, I'm going to kill everything" kind of mindset that things get to be a problem. Relatedly, what's with all the kender hate? Hmm. I think that I'm a kender is the same kind of excuse as "I'm evil for playing like a jerk" and it doesn't have to be that way. Anyway, I like to show a lot. Keep up the good work. Thank you. DM Dan.
1: Yeah, There's some good
0: points. Some definitely good points.
1: Little yeah. kenders.
0: Oh, Kinder. Here we go again. Well, I'll tell you, I don't like Kinder, and I guess I'm evil for saying that. But I don't like them. Kill them all. <laughs> anyway, let me just let me let me say this. I'm not saying <laughs> it is not for me as a player to have fun playing an evil character. It's not about a rule. It's not about playing it accurately. I just have no desire or any type of you know want to play an evil character i just have it's a personal preference thing it's basically personal preference now don't get me wrong i have played evil characters before and i have well only one thing and i hosted an adventure or two that had evil characters but that's a pathfinder issue and i think i stated it on that show about second darkness Mm -hmm. where the are evil. Now that's a whole different story, but I honestly cannot play you know in good faith knowing that I have good people in the party. I'm playing an evil person and just go with the flow because of the adventure. It just doesn't work like that for me. I just don't see how that can work. And like I said, it's a personal preference, it's not a rule issue. I just don't think it's it's good for me as a player, and I think I'd be doing the group a, a, a an injustice by not playing the character the way it, it properly as an evil character. If that's what it is, I don't know about how y'all feel about that though.
2: Um, as far as me, I I, I think I've played just a handful of evil characters, and I think they were lawful evil because mm-hmm. I th- I think in a mixed group, uh, as far as like of alignments are concerned. It seems like lawful evil to me would be the only one that could really pull it off <laughs> neutral evil and chaotic evil'm not, not so certain, but I mean, I played a lawful evil character in a group where there was like chaotic goods and neutral goods and neutrals and stuff like that, so i I pulled it off just fine, I think, and uh didn't lead to any inner party strife at all but like like you said Will it's 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 a personal preference thing it's it it's not if you're playing it right or wrong. I, I I agree. It's just you know you just feel like as as you you can't role play it. You you're doing a disservice to the party and and the enjoyment of the group if you're not playing it right. I, I think what's kind
0: of going on, and I kind of yeah I could see that. You know? Well, like then I give you an example. When we talk about evil. I think I mentioned this also on that episode that try a lawful neutral character. Hmm. Those are much more difficult, and they're more brutal. I there, think, that'd be very difficult to play because it's and, just and, and, strictly yeah. law, the, the rules of the road, everything. I am, and, yeah, yeah. Well, see, and you got to understand that when you, <laughs> you got to look at it from my perspective now. Maybe early in my career, you know, with playing games, I probably could have played an evil character. But as games have evolved over the last thirty years alignment has also evolved. It ain't simply no more the small, simple definition of first edition. Now you have to look at second, you have to look at, at third, you have to look at five and, and then, of course, numerous other games out there where, you know, alignment has just been, you know, it just it just gets bigger and bigger and there's more things to take into, into perspective when you play an yeah. evil character. I just don't have the natural feel for playing an evil character, and it's not because I'm basically a good person. I am basically a good person. How I really am. I'm not a bad person. I mean, if it, if it would be a test of my gaming ability and experience to play an evil character properly. Right. If I don't play it properly, I am doing an injustice to the game as a whole.
2: Hmm. Okay.
0: Cool. Okay then. I'm with <laughs> you, man. But you know what? I will agree. Hey, I, I'm I, I'm wrong. Okay, I'm wrong. That's fine. Just don't let me know where you live at. <laughs> I'm just messing around. I'm just messing Wow. Around. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Dan, you're good to go, my friend. It's okay to call me wrong. Online only.
1: <laughs> uh, I knew
0: it.
2: <laughs> All right. I guess we'll go on to the uh, our second letter. And it starts, greetings RFI staff. Recently got into the podcast, and your sister casts uh, Save or Die and Thacko's Hammer, and they, he thinks they're wonderful. He's never, uh, I believe this person's name is Dwayne. And he is, I've actually never played first edition, having started on D&D and moving to second edition.
1: His name is Nathan, it, actually.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, Nathan. Yeah. I don't know why I had Dwayne in my head. But <laughs> but, but having started D&D and moving to second, but am enjoying your podcast. It's great for ideas, full of information, and just a pleasure to listen to. So uh, he's been running a uh, basic D&D, uh, I guess, of, since December 2011 oh, okay, with cool. his fiancé, his brother, uh, cousin, and her husband, and things have been going great. Put in through the classic modules. A little plot twist of his own. He's up to episode 22 right now. Uh, so he's got a question for me when I brought up about the uh, dungeon decks and trying to get to the website gamers rule and I guess he's been having problems trying to get to the gamers rules website you know I've had that problem too but you know what they are on Facebook so if you have if you have a Facebook uh, page you know just type in gamers rule and I think you could find them from there so yeah they I just checked recently they do have a Facebook page and and um, they might have a link to their actual website so you should be able to um, Find them from there. And he also talked about um, using props in this game. Mm-hmm. And he ran uh, B7, Rakhasia and... Uh,
1: Rahesia. Rahesia.
2: Rahesia. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: kill <get> you! <laughs> Sorry, you Tracy die. Tracy Hickman nailed that one into my head with that saying.
2: Rahesia!
1: so You die! Black.
2: So, um, re- he said he retired many of the letters to both make them easier to read and able to pass them out to players. You know, I do that too. Sometimes if there's like a little blurb inside a module, I'll retype it in word or whatever, and, uh, reprint it out in a cool looking font. And you also photocopy the bottles of wine. I guess they're in the module so players could look at them. Um, so that's cool. Uh, We had that props episode. That was really fun to talk about. And, um, Yeah, just little things like that. I mean, we talked about it before. Um, He says he also enjoys creature feature theater. Um, And he said he's going for just straight information to a mini encounter with the creatures apart from information on the creature. It's nice to hear how other DMs are in their sessions just for a little bit. Yeah, we, we did the little mini thing, but it ran really long.
1: Yeah, he's you know, way and, back on episodes.
2: Yeah, it was like eating up like a half hour more than of that. the show, if not more. Yeah, so we, uh, yeah, but we will the. Um, have creature feature theater coming back as far as you know presenting monsters and hopefully maybe a new one in the past with approval from Vincent Will. So we'll see. Um, we don't
1: have, we don't, no approval. We'll put it in there.
2: Well, I'm going to send that monster to you. There's a new monster I was talking oh. about with them for the show and.
1: Oh yeah. You know, I'll
2: let you guys know what you think about it. So, a, not you know.
1: approved. Not approved. Okay then. <laughs> Go on. I'm sorry.
2: Um, he was also wondering about what other groups do for mapping. Um, just trying to do the straight graph paper and pencil, but it wasn't working well too well. So he was trying to focus on he was focusing too much on the actual dimensions uh of keeping of the of the dungeon of the of the uh corridors and rooms. Tried photocopying, that didn't seem to work too well, but uh he redraws map on graph paper, taking it out secret doors, traps and the like, and still covered unexplored areas with post-it notes. Interesting. I've heard other people, other casts that people use whiteboards, computer programs, or tablets. So I use a whiteboard for it. I'm actually concerned about doing that again. If not, use that next specs thing, battle mats. Find the battle mats. Those are
1: awesome. Oh, yeah. especially the Pathfinder ones are good, too.
2: Yeah, if you can get battle mats from Chessex or whoever, you know, get them, especially if you go to the cons. They might have like some oops versions of them. You can get them for dirt cheap, and there's like really minor stuff that's wrong with them.
1: Oh, Making is that what that meant? A
2: huge map for like ten bucks, and it's like a like it was uh, cut wrong or something like that.
1: Oh, that's what that meant. Because I got yeah, one of those at GenCon yeah, and uh, uh,
2: Chessex or whoever. Check yeah. them out; they're they're oops maps. Mats, yeah. But just remember, you use, uh, do not use dry erase. Use wet erase markers, folks.
1: <laughs> yeah, the one wet
0: I picked. Wet erase. Race. Yes, wet erase. <laughs> wet erase. Do um, That's exactly what it's going to do. It's yeah, good. it'll I dry it. and never come out.
1: <laughs> and he also
2: said, I'm going to bring up a can of worms, the racial level limits. Um, <laughs> one thing he said is. You know, if a DM is not going to impose level limits, make it more enticing for humans is giving them attribute bonuses as well. Um, Yeah, we actually kind of talked about that. I I did something similar for my World of Greyhawk campaign setting. I kind of modified depending on just an example, like... If you're if you're a human, if you're of Oridian stock, primarily, if you remember the old eighty three box set, depending on where you come from in the world of Greyhawk fantasy campaign setting, you know, it it will say where like if you're from the Valuna, for example, what the racial stock is, and if you're primary Oridian, I have it out to where like Oridians get like a plus one bonus to something here and a plus one bonus to something there as far as their attributes. So, yeah, that's something that you can absolutely do that make humans a little bit more enticing to play. So I don't know, uh, that's one thing I do, um, and I think. That's pretty much it. it. Says, keep up the great work, and I eagerly looking forward to the rest of the podcast from Nathan on the Piazza and OSR Gaming.
0: <laughs> well, I can tell you one thing. One thing. Did you talk about the occasional props? Yeah, yeah. Talk about I, using props. You know, I encourage using props, and, and like I yeah. said, he brought up the thing. I encourage using props anytime you can. If it's going to have significant, you know. Uh, uh, a meaning to the game. Yes, use props. I use props yeah. all the time, especially in Call of Cthulhu. I use tons, thousands of props. all oh. fine,
2: dude. That game like screams for using props, literally.
0: And I think, <laughs> and, it's, yeah. And if you don't use props, I mean, yeah, will it hurt the game? That nah, not really. But let me no. tell you, that entices the players to get more active. They they have more appreciation for it, and, and they get more interested in it. Oh, and it adds, it's the props!
2: And it adds a, another level of immersion into the game. Yes. If you course. want, uh, if you want to feel like you're, like once years ago, I I did um, like a side adventure where they were. Uh, my my original group they were going to a silver mine that was inherited by one of the dwarves and this silver mine has been uninhabited for like a hundred years and so they had to go clear out the silver mine so I took the map and I did the whole thing I printed it out I crumbled it up the paper and then I you know pour water on it here and there coffee stains wine stains uh, you name it you know purposely spilt beer on it. And and gave it that weathered look. And they loved it. It was great. And they stu- that map is still around somewhere. We've kept it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, they, they they become like souvenirs for the group like, oh yeah, remember we went and did that thing there and the and the in the dwarven silver mine, we took on that demon. Yeah, that was really cool. You know, stuff like that. Those not only do they enhance the game itself, that second level immersion, but after that, you know, you, you don't just toss them away. They're kind of mementos of those occasions. And it's kind of like, you know, when, uh, when uh, th- you know, they found the one ring and he put it up on his mantle. And, uh, and Bilbo would, you know, talk about his exploits, you know. Right. Going, going on that search for, with the dwarves. So it's kind of like that in a way. At least how I see it.
0: Cool. Excellent.
1: Did you finish the email up, or is there any more?
2: Or... Oh, yeah, he said, P.S. Eaglery, wait, the creature feature theater on the <laughs> Now, That's never going to happen. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> That's going to be our next creature feature with Nick. And... Flumph?
0: No. <laughs> oh. uh, I'm not doing that. You could do that, Vance. It's all yours. I volunteer you.
1: No, thanks. Wear flumps. Yeah. <laughs> all right, thank you, uh, Nathan, a.k.a. I don't know. How is it? Boo? Boo? Both on both on the piazza, and OSR gaming, and OSR gaming. Yeah, it's from the piazza forums as well as our forums. Speaking okay. of, which, dot is our forums. You can join us and chat with everybody and try to annoy Will on a daily basis in the forums.
2: No, and- no, that's okay. They can annoy me. That's all right. I'll one more post there, and and so I like post once every six months or something like that. Yeah, no, Nick, is, <laughs> Nick is up
1: now to twenty posts now.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry. I should get over there more.
1: You don't have to. I understand your your reason of not going there.
2: I'm busy.
1: Yeah, you just you said it's pretty much the same thing being rehashed in your mind. So,
0: oh come on. Yeah, that's all good though. Yeah.
1: Okay. Cool. All right. Our last email comes in from DM David D. Maybe he would be actually DMDD or double D. <laughs> oh, No, wait, triple D. You're a double. Triple D. Yeah. This is there a cool you know. this is kind of a cool concept when I read this at first and I'm like I can think of so many ideas to do with this, but here it is. I am DMing a game where the players have just captured a black dragon egg. I wasn't really expecting them to get it, but thought they earned it so I let them keep it. Knowing that black dragons are chaotic evil and except for an elf they won't live long enough for it to mature anyway. I think that they are going to try and sell it. In a city like Greyhawk, how rare would a black dragon egg be and how much would it be worth? Please let me know what you think. I think I have some. Excuse me. I think I may have someone evil steal it as another hook for their adventure. Thanks, DM David. Wow. I thought that was really cool, having to have a black egg and running around with it.
0: Well, the funny thing is that they captured a black egg. Doesn't sound too difficult to me.
2: As far as selling it? Oh, to the highest bidder. Hello.
0: Capturing it. Capturing it. Oh, well, yeah. When they said they captured it, wow, that was very challenging. I how much XP they got for that. <laughs> what kind of bait did they use? I mean, no, I'm just messing around. What's
2: the breath weapon of a black dragon
0: egg?
1: <laughs> they use, yeah, they used the flat of their blades to get it, okay? Whatever. Yeah,
2: that's hilarious, or a spatula. Well, the poor thing would end up scrambled.
1: <laughs> so they, got, they obtained a black egg, and I was thinking so many different <laughs> ideas about this. Like you can have the—they never said they kill the mother, so you'd have the mother hunting yeah. them down. That could be an adventure. Play, play, keep away from the mother.
2: Well, yeah. if that's the case, then they're gonna have some serious problems. Cause Mama gonna go look for her baby.
0: <laughs> I would have to—I have to look at some other issues with the party. What's their general alignment? Is there—is there a paladin in the party? I mean, yeah. Why would you take a black egg of a creature and then attempt to sell it? How do the players know that the alignment of the Black Dragon, that wasn't sure what he said about it, but the Black Dragon, we you know, I think it's uh, chaotic evil. Yes, how it would the is. Players know that? How would the players know? All they would know, the stories are that Black Dragons like to eat people, kill cows, they live in swamps, whatever. Yeah,
1: There's a little bit of metagaming thought going on there, yeah. Maybe he should have said, we all know, the party knows that Black Dragons are evil. They should have just left it to that, I mean. But whatever. Mm-hmm. He's basically trying to say is his party's probably going to try to go sell it, he wants to be prepared on what price to throw at them when they try to sell it. And so it doesn't sound too cheesy, I guess.
0: Mm. Well, I'll tell you right now, you're, you're talking about a lot of gold for a black <clears> dragon egg. <throat> and then I would be concerned about who buys it. Because eventually this is going to haunt them in, in, in the future later on. If they play long enough, you know, someone may, you know, get this dragon to grow up and be a, a, be a threat to the lands, whatever.
1: Yeah, he pretty much said they won't live that long for it to mature, except for maybe one of the elves in the party.
0: Oh, you already have plans of killing them, huh?
1: No, we meant age-wise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna live that long. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I say five thousand gold. That's it? That's, That's it? it? No. I was thinking at least double
2: that. Ten? Oh,
1: yeah. I would think thirty to fifty thousand gold pieces for that.
2: Because like I like I said, one, if they captured this thing, that implies that. Mommy or and or Daddy's still around. They want the egg back. I could see <laughs> it them, could be a whole role playing
0: issue right there. <laughs> I could
1: see them getting uh, up to upwards in an auction a million gold pieces.
0: Wow! But if you give, I mean, what what does that you know speak for the game then? What's going to happen then when you give a million gold pieces to these to these well,
2: people? Hold they, on a second now 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 now! Don't forget they got to auction this off. Well, there's they got to pay. They got an auction. Well, you know the auctioneer. It's they're gonna have to pay tax. taxes, the local tax. Um, it is a it is a magical <laughs> creature. You might have to pay a a, a certain fee to the magician's guild. Um, let's see. You might have the tax coming in
1: from the king. The tea tax. <laughs> Don't forget tea tax.
2: Hey, just like our government, they're gonna tax you into oblivion.
1: And they probably wind up with like five gold pieces. Yeah. So, In
0: any event, I suspect that it's going to be extremely difficult to sell a black dragon egg inside a city.
1: Oh, yeah, there's definitely a black market sale.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. This is something that you're not going to sell out openly. Rest assured, there is going to be some bad guys saying, like, they got a black dragon egg. We shouldn't let anyone get it except us. I had to see some, a lot of issues.
2: Well, yeah, if it's going to be on the black market then, then the whole tax thing goes right out the window. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I, I don't know. Like I said, I wouldn't give them a lot of gold and everything because I, I think they'll just, you know, mess that all up onto itself. But, yeah, they're, they're in a quandary right now.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: All you right, so... Until they return the black pagan egg.
1: <laughs> okay. All right, thank you, DM David. So, let's see the news from we let talk about a little news from Gen con Gen Con just passed obviously now, as you're hearing this is probably well into September where we have a little backlog going on, but Wizards of the Coast did announce they were releasing the back catalog electronically thoughts, gentlemen
2: about fricking time. <laughs> 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 I just remembered when they pulled that all their stuff off that was PDF when they, it was three years ago, I think they did. Yeah. This, the amount of people were like, what the deuce? Hey!
1: <laughs> was, yeah.
2: was getting this stuff, paying for it, everything was cool, but I'm now I'm kind of wondering, maybe they pulled it three years ago because maybe they're doing it, I'm just speculating here, folks. Maybe they're putting it in a particular format that but so it's not just a PDF. Maybe they're uh,
1: having their own s- format for these. I have a feeling it's going to be one of those: you pay us whatever, like D and D Insider was. You can log on and have access to any book we have to view online while you're online. Once you're offline, you uh, can't uh, you can't view it anymore. I see where you're one of those. Marcus.
0: Yeah. No, like I said, they said it was gonna be released in electronic media. Electronic media I think is the biggest, you know, conflict right now among the internet. It, you know, everyone tries to pretend they know something, they have some type of inside source. And you know, I, I don't know if it's gonna be PDF and you know, I I am leaning toward like what Vince was saying, but I'm hoping I'm very much hoping that it will be released in a format where print on demand is an option.
1: I would like that, but you know they're probably not gonna do that.
0: Yeah, I highly doubt that. There's going to be a lot of control over it. I can tell you right now, it's not simple a thing. Like, well, we're going to do the same thing that we did with drive through RPG and then give them all our PDFs. I don't think it's going to be like that because that's what caused the problem yeah. from the get go. There was a lack of control on what was going on, and there was—I think there was a lot of piracy involved too as well. There has to be a bigger control.
1: There's been piracy going on for that for how many years with TSR? Oh, forever.
0: Well, that's the whole point. And now they're going to get it under control. Now there's going to be a new set of, you know, things, regulations, or rules set. Hey, you know what I would do? I, I, I would hope they would hire me and say, listen, what can you do? Give me this stuff. I'll start scanning this stuff. I don't care. I'll do something. We'll do well, it the right way. I remember
1: back in, what was it, the, uh, the late 90s when all the people had all those little websites back on AOL and TSR shut them all down Yeah, oh, for copyright reasons? I
0: remember, yeah.
1: Even if they had like the mention of Dungeons and Dragons, they like the lawyers went after people. It was like, ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it was, it was insane. Thing, I remember that stuff. That was crazy.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm kind of leaning towards that. Maybe in that three years, they were converting all those PDFs to a more proprietary format.
1: What can they what can, they? what can they put? What can they do with them? Uh,
2: all right, so at least they... like on Kindle.
1: All right, so they PDF them and they watermark them and they Kindleize them. <laughs> and they EPUB them, what more is there to do? I mean, there's still ways around all that stuff. I know,
2: I know. I, th- I'm just speculating on here, though. But I mean, the please, thing like-
1: I have Adobe Acrobat, the full version that I, I got with school, and I can go in and take watermarks off things. Yeah. I mean, pff, what's to stop me from, I'm not that I'm going to do that, but what's going to stop me from saying, oh, Vincent Florio, boop, take it right off.
2: Right. I think they, they need to realize that they can only do so much
0: there's only so much they can do and and, you know we gotta we gotta trust and this is what pathfinder does with their products you know you buy a product you get a free pdf from them through their subscription and i have questioned them numerous times like well how do you expect people to be honest they said we just hope that they will remain honest and i think like wow that's kind of stretching it we're talking about gamers and i'm not talking about i'm not saying all gamers are rotten to the core but there's some gamers out there that are scrupulous and they don't care and I think we have to be fair about it. We got to do the right thing, and I hope Wizard Coast does the right thing. But I don't want them Kindleizing it because that means I'm forced to buy something I don't want. I don't want to buy a Kindle.
1: Well, I was reading on the on the Paizo forums about that, how they release PDFs and what you just said. They kind of related to being back in, like, the 80s when everybody actually had a copy of the book. And right. Remember what the, people would do? Oh, can you get me a copy of the book? Sure, I'll go to the library and make a photocopy for you later on today. They right. figure that if people are going to steal the books, they're probably going to use them and say, hey, you know what? I want a physical copy. I like this game so much. And chances are half of them will buy a physical copy. So.
0: And you're right. And, and I think that's a very successful thought. And, it, and it's happened before where people come to the store and they say, well, what do you want to buy? Well, I want to buy some Pathfinder books. Okay. Uh, and they say, well, I have the PDFs, but I'd rather have the hardcover book.
1: It's... It's fun to have the PDF to look up things once in a while, but it's nice to sit there, like in your bed or on the couch or whatever. Or on the toilet. I, I don't, okay, well, the toilet, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never touching Nick's books ever, ever by over his house now. <laughs> yeah, but it's nothing like sitting there flipping the page, trying to find that cool like, rule or something like that, you know. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I don't, I I'm know what with you're you in the toilet? What happens if you drop it in the
1: toilet? Well, he's not literally hovering it over the toilet. Oh,
0: well, no. no. Oh,
1: okay. Just Just make sure sure you wipe your hand before touching the book.
2: Really? Oh.
1: (laughs) Mental note, never go over Nick's house to play Mental note,
2: wipe hands before touching. Got
0: it. Okay.
1: Double mental note, never lend book to Nick.
0: (laughs) No, I have (laughs) special books for that. Oh, okay. Now, did they say when they was gonna release? When they're gonna start the release? I know they said 2013.
1: Yeah, 13 or 14. Huh. I know. I know they said that uh, D and D fifth edition is gonna take two years before it's even released. They're gonna be playtesting this thing for the next two years.
0: Yeah, that would make sense because uh, it'd be the 40th anniversary in 2014.
1: Oh, maybe that's why they're doing that. Oh, okay.
0: Well, I mean, that would be one of the reasons that would be a great time to release it on the 40th anniversary. I think that would be just ironic if they released it at that time period. Maybe. But like I said, they need playtests. I know they said they had like 75,000 playtests. They want more and more and more. And 75,000 people is not nothing to sneeze at. That's just the people that signed up for it. Well, so yeah. That's not bad.
1: I know at Gen Con, they had a lot of... Uh, they had that new playtest packet go out with the character creation and... Uh, They had the mini-adventure and everything, so a lot of people were playing that and beating that into the ground.
2: Oh, Uh, really? That bad, huh? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's some issues that's come out now, because, I mean, I saw where they said they're going to have Vancean magic, they're going to have mana, and then they're going to have spell points. Huh? Yeah. Three different types of characters. I think, like, the regular magic user's Vancean magic, if I'm correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one had the mana? Was that the Uh, warlock?
1: The sorcerer, I think it was.
0: The sorcerer had the mana, and the warlock had the spell points, so or whatever the case may be. That's kind of weird.
1: It's going to be... If they go the way they're going, this is going to be the most confusing D&D book I've ever seen in my life. It's going to have character class option, 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 option. And the DM's going to sit there and go, all right, so check, 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 uh, too check. Too many options. Yeah, that's basically what it's going to be. It's going to be called too the book. many yeah <laughs> it's gonna be the dm's gonna have to sit there and say okay we're playing with this 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 no not that this 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 it's too much
2: you, yeah, you have I, so many options how the hell are you going to play it's uh...
0: just remember now they're trying to entice people from all backgrounds to get involved in this
1: you can't entice everybody
0: yeah no, i don't think it's gonna work but i mean like i said I, i'm gonna wait till the final product gets released and uh we'll see what happens
1: Oh, I will definitely give the new, the final product. I'm doing the play test as well, but I will definitely give the final product a look because you know they may hold stuff back. You never know.
0: Yeah, There's a lot of stuff out there that that hasn't been, you know, tested or brought out yet. But I'm, like I said, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. I know. Didn't they say they was releasing two new adventures next year? Did they? Was that for the Forgotten Realms or something? I, I, I thought know it was for, released it next year. I
1: know Ed Greenwood said he was redoing Forgotten Realms, and whatever we knew in 4th edition is no longer what happened. They're re- rewriting history again. Yeah,
0: that's that was really lame. I mean, I'm very glad to see that they're redoing that thing. I guess it's called the Sundering or whatever. But, uh, no, I'm glad to see them redo it.
2: I intend to ignore everything that happened with the stupid Avatar thing that
1: happened. The Time of Troubles? Time of Troubles is, yeah, I like. Oh, the time I of liked Troubles. it. I love that. I like Time of Troubles. the The Time of Tribble Troubles. Yeah, not Tribble Troubles. Oh, <laughs> uh, they got rid of the spell, scar, spell, whatever the heck that was.
0: Spell plague.
1: Yeah, they got rid of all that stuff, and
0: yeah, I'm just gonna see how they're gonna do the whole thing with Loth and, and and the Drow and all that other stuff. I'm just waiting to see what happens.
1: And a whole bunch of what Drizzet novels coming out as well. So we're
2: going to have a Forgotten Realms populated just by drizzt clones. Yes. Oh, oh I lovely! One. I can't wait.
1: And <laughs> Elminster. They're bringing and back El- all the traditional hits.
2: He's going to be like serving you a drink, and next thing you know, he'll be popping up under rocks. And...
0: <laughs> oh, Hi, I'm
2: thing. Elminster. Get away from me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was thought I thought that was like kind of like false advertised. I don't know if it was false advertised. I was just misled into thinking that they was coming out with the they was a redoing a whole new classic setting. And I didn't realize well, we already knew that Greyhawk. I mean, uh, forgotten realms was going to be the uh, setting, the default setting. Yeah, so I this, just, I, yeah.
1: Well, I, I just the thing that like Mike Merrill said on the things, that we're going to be doing this playtesting until we get it done right. If it takes more than two years, it takes more than two years. I am like, how long are you going to make people wait? Come on.
0: Well, I don't know what that means then. It's just almost like when they went from second edition to uh, D20. Yeah. Because it was almost a year before any product was released, I believe.
1: Yeah, about, yeah.
0: I think it was about a year before any product was released. I, I just remember TSR just shutting down completely, and I never saw a product for almost a good year. So I don't know what was going on then. But yeah, that was back in, in the 90s. Lord have mercy. Well, oh, that
2: was that shift over when Watsi acquired them.
0: Yeah, there was something going on. I can't remember. That's been so long ago. But, uh, yeah, I just no product was released. All the second edition stuff stopped. I said, what's going on? What are they going to do now?
1: Yeah, I put that pretty cool article about uh, Peter Atkinson when he was younger and how he ran Wizards of the Coast. Oh, yeah. That was an interesting article to see from the, that point of view from that employee what happened to Wizards of the Coast. It's in our forums if you want to check it out.
0: Yeah, right. that guy's awesome. Yeah.
1: Anyway, uh, that's most of the big highlights that came out of Gen Con and uh oh yeah, they released uh, Fantasy Flight Games released a new edition of Star Wars. Yay! It's in actually beta testing right now, but you still can buy the book and beta test with them. Ooh. So, uh, we'll see how that works out.
0: That's a new RPG, right?
1: Yeah, new Star Wars RPG, yep.
0: Yeah, because Fantasy Flight also was releasing their new uh that new miniature Uh, Starship Combat Game 2 sometime next month. X-Wing? X-Wing, that's it. I can't, I'm looking forward to that.
1: That looked pretty cool, yeah. Don't they own the Star Trek 1, too, or no?
0: uh, No, because WizKids is doing Star Trek.
1: That's right, WizKids, okay. Well, if Matt was here, he'd be all into all this conversation right now. Right. All the WizKids stuff, he knows all about that. Wonder if Matt's won this, this tournament or not? He better have.
0: He uh, better get that fan out for not being here.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no kidding. All right. <laughs> well They're post on Facebook with pictures.
1: <laughs> Facebook. Really. Uh. Yeah. Anyway, sage advice. Rfi staff gmail dot com. Five seven zero eight six five forty two ten the hotline, or join us at osrgaming.org slash forums and join in on the fun ask many questions we go we talk from first all the way up to actually we, just, we talk from basic all the way up to d d next on the forums plus other games join us in the fun let's head to table manners
0: typical of all the evil creatures in the world right like to find one with table manners hey, what are you kidding
2: me i spent years cultivating the worst table manners on the planet
0: table manners okay on today's table manners, we're going to talk about adding culture to your game, and uh, how do we add cultures to your game? Uh, some tips. Uh, yeast it... needed, it. huh? Yeah, yeast. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeast. Yeast yeah, cultures, <laughs> get it? <Ba-dum-bum>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you have the mushroom people, sure, you can do that.
1: Will is, Will is referencing a, a magazine here, Polyhedron magazine. Remember that magazine? Yeast. Yep. The RPG I used to uh, panned out back in the day.
2: Yeah, I, could, I was I never an
1: RPGA member. Well, they were a good set of magazines, even if I you I know,
2: I always felt left out.
1: Yeah, if you really weren't into the RPGA, just signing up to get these magazines were well worth it. I know, because yeah. the Cool Geek Kids were Polyhedron.
2: Yeah. They had the Polyhedron and yeah. the non-Cool Geek Nick, Kids.
0: You was in diapers when Polyhedron was coming down, please.
2: No, I was, I'm about the same age as you, recall?
1: How old are you? <laughs>
0: I'm 41. <laughs> uh, I'm one year older than you. See, like I said, you was in diapers. Oh, for God's sake!
1: <laughs> hey, I got Polyhedron Magazine. How old are you? 37.
0: See? Oh, wow. You're still in that embryonic stage. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> well, anyway, as we're talking about cultures, what are we talking about? What are we basically talking about? I was looking at the Polyhedron um, number 36 concerning a case for cultures. And, uh, I think what it comes down to basically when I, w- to sum it up and everything, we use the stereotypical regular races, whether you're playing them or whether you are encountering them. So when we're talking about your stereotypical races for A, D, and D, first edition, you're talking about your dwarves, your elves, your humans, halflings, uh, who am I forget? Gnomes?
1: Gnomes. Gnomes. Oh, that's
0: good, elves? Elves. Yeah, elves of all people. So that's typically your stereotypical races there as player characters. Now, when we're looking at your stereotypical non-humanoid races or NPCs, which you typically don't play as player characters, you're talking about hobgoblins, goblins, kobolds, trolls, and so on and so on on the whole line down there. Now, I like this article because back in the day when I used to run first edition ADD, when I got off the band, you know, I'm not the bandwagon, but off the the whole thing with basic and expert and all that stuff, I went into first edition, played it typically by the rules on on a good DM that I used to know, a good friend of mine. And then I said like, this has got to change. This is boring. What am I going to do to make this better? Well, I'm going to tell you what I did. And typically, like I said, I do play by the book, but I see no reason why you cannot have different types of cultures as PCs. Because my thing is like this. Are all orcs evil? Yes. Yes. I mean, by the book, yes, they are all typically evil. So, and, uh, well, what about... Black dragons, are they all typically evil? Yes. Well, mm, yeah. you think so in an egg? You you think that they're, they're predisposition to be evil? Yes. Okay, well, see, I guess that solves that problem. Well, I guess we won't have we're not going to have no cultures in your game.
1: <laughs> no, no, you're right. Go continue.
0: I'm a firm believer that I think that creatures can have other alternate alignments, mm. and they can be used, you know, in, 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 in you know, In other places where you could use them as PCs or to be encountered as NPCs. For example, if you have a regular group of PCs and they go into the jungle, they find a long lost race of elves. Who knows where these elves came from? They branched off from the regular stereotypical elf that we know as a PC, moved into the jungle. Now they're like some type of jungle elf, uh, elf with their own special abilities by living in the jungle. You know, maybe they, they uh, I don't know, they they hunt better. Uh, they can, you know, have camouflage abilities. Who knows what all, all the stuff that you can give them. But this is a thing for a case for cultures. Why would we want to do it? How do we do it? Well, like I said, that's up to the DM. Depends on how imaginative he is and, and, and all that other good stuff that comes in. Uh, well, one good example is drow elves.
1: Mm-hmm. You think they're always evil?
0: Well, not that they're being always evil. It's the fact that they are a branch. They're a different culture that branched off from the, the regular group of elves that lived on, 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 you know, on the surface. True. The same thing with dwarves. I mean, there are some dwarves that live underground. Well, I'm sorry. Well, with dwarves, they normally typically live underground or live in mountains. But there's just some of them that branched off from that line.
1: Drugar, whatever they're called. Or...
0: Durgar, Durgar, Durgar. Yeah. Darrow. No, Darrow. What are they related to? Gnomes? Halflings? Something like that? The Darrow's in, uh, I think, the second edition. I'm sorry, I said, but the uh, second Monster Manual. They got big eyes and everything. They look kind of funny looking, mm. but they're underground. But again, it's just that they branch off and they form their own culture with their own uh, political beliefs, their own religion, their own economy, and, and, and their relationship with their environment is different from the typical or the stereotypical genre <clears throat> play.
1: Well, your your example, of the Black Dragon Egg, like we said before. That dragon could turn into a, a good dragon, if it was raised the right way.
0: Uh, well, I look at it like this. Let me say this from my perspective. If they find a black dragon egg, I would say typically that it might go too chaotic neutral. Would it go chaotic good? Maybe. It just depends. Uh, uh, it's, it's difficult to say if alignment is it an inherited gene.
1: I don't think so. Might, one of my campaigns, I... I I had a gold dragon. The party automatically assumed it was lawful good. And they were like, oh, it's a gold dragon. We've heard gold dragons are awesomely good. They walked in and found that it wasn't an awesomely good dragon.
0: (laughs) It was a black Uh dragon that was painted gold.
1: No, it was an actual gold dragon. He just was just a really bitter, evil dragon because of the way he was treated as a child by humans and And dwarves and elves. And he got the short end of the stick and he became bitter and evil. And he just wanted to kill people.
0: And that makes sense. Now, when we talk about cultures, now this is where it gets with cultures. That, that, see, that's good because now we're talking about one specific uh, creature or monster. But now we're talking about a race, a whole large group of elves or dwarves, it could be even humans. I mean, humans are stereotypical as well too, as the typical you know PC. All these things can be, you know. A good DM is going to say, "I'm going to take this group of humans and I'm going to put them there, and I'm going to make up their own religion. I'm going to make up their own you know special abilities if they have any. You don't have to have special abilities. I'm going to have their own just just a whole." different thing with them so that when they are encountered, it's going to knock the players off course because they think like, whoa, look, we just ran into a bunch of elves that lived in the jungle. Hey, what's up, brother? The next thing you know is you got a bunch of uh, darts being uh, blown out of uh, those uh, blowguns and everything to paralyze you, and then you get eaten up because they're cannibalistic. Or, you know, (laughs) they might be cannibalistic elves that live in the jungle. Who knows? I mean, in Dark Sun, the halflings were cannibalistic.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. true. Yeah, yeah.
0: Do you remember though? That? That's just a, that's not your typical stereotypical, you know, uh, halflings. We we all know halflings to be kind and generous, and they like to drink and party and all that stuff. And even Kendra like to do that. Mm. Mess those, yeah, mess around with those halflings in uh, in dark sun, see what happens. They eat you. Nah, 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 so, nah. <laughs> so uh, I mean, how to do it? Simply is for a DM simply to just uh, get a piece of paper, you know, and do. You know, the, what do they call that stuff again? Um, when they're trying to mix it up, new, create. So, well, I, I mean, they're creative, but when they call it? it what's the, the English term? I, I was, I keep forgetting it. Um, to, to create new things, I forgot how to do it. You know, they're thinking and thinking and thinking, but and then they write down all the stuff that comes first to their mind and so on. But uh, um, no Yeah, it's a tough word. I, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, tips. Well, tips is just simply. You know, I, I think the best way to get tips. Read National Geographic.
1: I would definitely tell you, yeah, that and make sure that you provide good service when you give people food. Oh, sorry.
0: Not those tips. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, if that's so cannibalistic, there ain't going to be no tips left. Let me just tell you that. Everything <laughs> will be eaten. So, no. Read National Geographic. Look at real world cultures. In, in real life, to give you some type of idea of what you like to to put into you know a different type of culture in the game, if you can, right. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. I mean, just pick something weird looking or or something that you, that that's strange, something that might you know grasp someone's attention. Right. You know? and, Go ahead. And I think with like, I was reading the article for
2: some like. Culture, my my players aren't going to care about the cultures. They want to know: Can I kill it? And what kind of cool stuff does it have? <laughs> but yeah, oh, yeah, I see. But not not necessarily. I think, like you were saying, if you take a particular race of of demi humans, and maybe like like the wild elves, like in this article, and kind of you really uh, turned it, you know, askew a bit. And put a different point of view because in his game world, he put them somewhere else, not like in the Valley of the Mages, but he put them like in a jungle setting, and kind of did that. I did have kind of a question like, well, you know, what happened to all their magic and everything? I mean, couldn't they have like, you know, fashion stuff with their magic or anything? They forgot about metalworking. I, I just, I don't know. I some of that didn't fly with me, but you know, if it works in his game world, hey, that's cool. But and it what, what I really wanted to say was. And it doesn't have to be really extravagant, like long, detailed, you know, social economic history of of this, of of hobgoblins in your world. It could be just a few paragraphs, you know. It could be just something that, you know, oh, this would be a cool idea. Or, you know, oh, okay, I want to do this too about my hobgoblins in my world. You know, yeah. just a few paragraphs. You know, maybe a half Not a even. page
1: of like cool stuff that you can throw in. Check marks for all that matter. You know, bullet points.
2: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be like you know, like what we saw in second edition—the complete book on hobgoblins. Ugh. A whole book.
1: <laughs> the complete yeah. book for only thirteen dollars and ninety-five cents. Yeah,
2: you know, a whole book on on who, <laughs> you know, do we really need a whole book on these, these uh on cobalts? I, I, I just don't think so. So, whole- you know, just a few paragraphs, like get some light, like you're saying, get some ideas from National <laughs> Geographic, Smithsonian, you know, look out there and see what's right. out there for the a world. And yeah. Pick and choose.
0: Now, another tip. Now, this is for those, those people out there that really get into miniatures. Uh-huh. I, I, I think another a great example of how to in, in, you know, involve different cultures is use different types of miniatures of the same monster. If you take a look at orcs, and orcs do have pig heads <laughs> in first edition AD&D. We can never get off that. Orcs do have pig heads. Yeah, they do. But look at the orcs from, like, Lord of the Rings. Look at the orcs from other movies that might have orcs or something similar. Later editions. And, and you, if you can find miniatures, and Lord of the Rings is perfect because they have like three or four different types of orc miniatures. They have these subtle differences on the miniatures. You can identify which one are the Urkai and, and what are the other ones called again? I don't know. Oh, I can't remember all of them, though. The ones from Mordor and, and whatever, whatever.
2: I think there was the Urkai, there were black orcs, and there were regular right. orcs.
0: Well, what one you with the Orogs? Well, whatever the case O-rogs, is.
2: Orogs, something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There was all different types of orcs. There's like three, four different types of, of of so I mean there's there's a reason why they are the way it is. And there's different types of goblins. And this applies to any of the monsters and everything. If you want to, you know, make it I just think that it's good just to have some of those differences in there. And like I said, it doesn't – and just like Dick uh, said, doesn't have to be extravagant. doesn't have to be like 5,000 pages of why this orc made up a new god and did this and everything. There's a prime example of, of such a thing that happened in Ravenloft with this one guy, and I can't remember the whole story on him, but he created an entire religion, and it has to do with the beast men. Yeah. And uh, Ravenloft formed its own little, you know, little demi plane form and everything. Oh, not right. demi but its own little uh, land there and everything. And he's there as as the uh, the boss, the boss monster, or whatever. And he created his own god. So and with that came the politics and the the laws of the land and, and all that other stuff. So I mean, just from one person, made a whole new culture there. And uh, hmm. I, I think it just adds some more spice to the game. It's not necessary. It's not needed. But if you feel that it that that it will add flavor to the campaign, I say go for it. I sure. Agree. But pretty much, that's about that's all I can cover on that. Okay. Cool. Cool.
1: Yeah, it was a good. It was an interesting article, and I just thought it'd be nice to throw it in there because people like to add a little flavor to their game and. Mm-hmm. Maybe they need a source for inspiration, and you can get a hold of the polyhedron magazines probably through uh, half price books. Or I think some people, I think I don't know if they're legal to put online or not. I'm probably not.
0: Polyhedron. Yeah. I don't think they're legal to put online because they did have advertisements. Oh And right. they also had, I think, people's. Uh, what do you call? It? They had submissions from other people sent to them. Same thing with Dragon Magazine and Dungeon Magazine. Yeah, you know, they're the same deal. That's the same deal. They have to get permission from every, every, and each person to get, you know, to, to allow that to happen.
1: Yeah, this actually, I'm looking at Paul Hedrick, the magazine. There is no actual copyright on it. Hmm. It only says is using the official newsletter of TSR's role playing game, and is free to all RPGA members.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I would have to look it up and everything. But the problem is, though. If it's not copyrightable and everything, oh, someone sent in an article, and I don't know if it becomes property of the RPGA yes, or copyright what... TSR. Yeah, see, that's the yes. Yeah, that's the problem right there.
1: Yeah, copyright TSR nineteen eighty five.
0: There you go, and there is exactly why, and that's why done, uh, the, the Dragon magazine thing blew up.
1: Well, it's too bad because these would be some interesting things to stick online because not everybody had access to them.
0: Well, hopefully, if they do things wisely, this will be part of the back catalog, which I seriously doubt, but that'd be great if they could get them all together once. Oh, That's some nice. good stuff. Back some of catalog
2: these... of Dragon, Dungeon, yeah. and Polyhedron would be great.
1: Polyhedron had some really good like, ideas, yeah. adventurous classes in them, yes. dungeons in I missed in them. out
2: on it, because I wasn't cool enough.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should have just joined the join. It was only 12 bucks a year. Yeah, you were cheap, I know.
2: No, I was spending it all on moon pies and pizza and
1: <laughs> moon pies and comic books.
2: <laughs> well, comic books, but we didn't have moon pies.
1: Well, Will was spending it on moon pies because that's from his generation.
0: That Bye. is gross. I hate moon pies. That <laughs> is the nastiest thing on the planet. Oh, are
1: you kidding me? You gotta freeze them. They're awesome frozen. <laughs> he was spending it on moon pies and Bazooka Joe gum.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, now Bazooka, yeah, Bazooka Joe gum. I had that all the time. I had no problem with that. That's thirty-second gum. Ugh, the Labor nastiest gum in seconds the world, and that's it.
1: For five cents, the nastiest gum in the world—Zuka Joe gum—with the cheesiest comics in them.
0: Yeah, they did, but the, that was the best gum in the world. Played tricks on people. I used to take that gum and stick it on people's chairs so they sit on it and all that. I I nice. love that kind of gum. Nice. Will. And you say you can't play an
2: evil character?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not being evil. That's being mischievous. Oh, okay. Ooh. <laughs>
1: All right, so write us in and let us know what you think about adding culture to your game. What do you do with your character classes? Do your orcs have pig heads or not? And uh,
2: <laughs> also Do your like, clerics use sharp edge weapons depending on their god
0: or not?
1: No, that, that's second edition. No, and right.
0: you know what? That is so funny. No, that is a good point right there. There's no reason why you can't do that with your stereotypical cleric and have a different culture where they can use sharp weapons. That's Thank called, you. That's called an
1: what? evil cleric. That's what it's called.
0: That's- that's part of culture. Yes, uh, whatever.
1: <laughs> and um, <laughs> actually, like you said about other orcs, you can look to later editions too for the miniatures because they have changed so much oh, between they did. first, second, third, and fourth to now fifth. Probably they're all going to look so much different again. So
0: yeah, look at Pathfinder's miniatures. I mean, there's so many miniatures out there. I mean, you look at these orcs, I'm like what the world happened to you? Just it's go to nothing.
1: just go to ReaperMinis.com, and you could probably find about at least a dozen different orcs.
0: But the orcs will all have the same excuse. It's something we don't talk about, just like Worf did when he said, like, what happened?
1: It's <laughs> just something we don't talk about. That's right. Yeah,
0: that, that was awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's head into uh, some game mechanics. You
0: think I'm mad? Perhaps I am. What are you, a wizard and genius? Darn. A perfectly good brain wasted. Game, game mechanics. mechanics. Okay,
2: folks. There we are in game mechanics in our podcast, and uh, we're going to uh, go to the Unearthed Arcana yay. for this. I mean, boo or, or yay or boo, depending <laughs> on who we are. The the Great Unearthed Arcana split that happened in 1985 that none of us have really gotten over, apparently. But yeah, a 20 year old debate. Yeah. I'm good with it, even though my book is of all of them is the one that's like falling apart, real bad. You know,
1: my Monster Manual two is like that.
2: No, my Monster Man 2 is fine, but my Unearth Arcana, just like in the past 10 years, is just like gone the pot. I don't understand. But anyway, okay. Unearth Arcana, we're going to uh just look over the Thief Acrobats. Not one of those player character classes that you see a whole uh, a lot of, but you know, if you're playing a thief and you're looking at uh kind of spicing things up, trying to do something different with it, um the thief acrobat. It's a pretty good option to look at. Yeah, so, I always thought
1: of this class as, like, the Eastern Ninja. Yeah, it's it's well, like... the Western Ninja, whatever you want to call Yeah, it's...
2: I don't know how I would really just... Yeah, I guess it will be, like, the, the Western version of a Ninja, in a way. So, let's just do a brief overview on that Thief Acrobat on page 23 of our Unearthed Arcana. So, as with any... A class that you got, you have certain qualifications that you have to uh, be able to uh, achieve. Min- minimum strength of 15 and a minimum dex of 16. So all you guys who made that you know, thief with only a 14 or a 13 strength, well, guess what? Can't do it. Oh. And there's one thing I found interesting is with this class, it's not considered dual class or multi-class. Um, when Gary Gygax designed this class the thief acrobat and i if i remember correctly was originally in an issue of dragon magazine it's a split class specialist so basically what happens when your thief achieves fifth level and meets those minimum requirements of strength and dexterity you can then become a thief acrobat but what happens is your certain skills get locked in at the 5th level ability, particularly pick pockets, open locks, find traps, and remove traps. And read magic will never be gained after that. So once you, yeah. your character starts to go down the path of being a thief acrobat, and you need to find a thief acrobat to train you that must be at least 10th level. <laughs> so good luck on that. So there, there are some, there are some, I, I, there are some drawbacks to this, but you do gain some other things about this too. Uh, once you get on to, once your other, uh, abilities, thief abilities are locked up, you gain other ones like, uh, type rope walking, pole vaulting, jumping and tumbling, um, and also your other abilities of move silently, hide in shadows, hear noise, and read languages, they go through their standard per, uh, progression as you go up in levels as a Thief Acrobat. Those don't get locked. It's just the, the real thiefy stuff that really defined a thief, <laughs> they get locked in at 5th level. So this is... I don't know what... I guess this is a thief that's more, in my opinion not really set for a dungeon, but more for maybe a city campaign. You know, this is something set for, like, going across rooftops, vaulting across uh, the, the spires of the city, stuff like that. <laughs> if you're looking for something more uh, a city, uh, a village, or whatever, themed kind of thing. But, you know, I'm, I mean, sure, there's chasms to be jumped across in a dungeon, too, so... But I think it's kind of more like an a urban-type character, at least in my opinion. And in the descriptions, they talk about how tightrope walking works, the pole vaulting, the jumping, and what have you. It goes into the, in the details of that in the Unearthed Arcana. But uh, one of the interesting things I found about this class, the, um, if a, a character race qualifies as a thief, they can qualify as a thief acrobat. So you could technically have a Halfling Thief Acrobat, a Dwarven Hmm. Thief Acrobat, a Gnome Thief Acrobat. Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. (laughs) Now, that brings up, uh, I was just, I just popped into my head. You play that Gnome Illusionist Thief Acrobat? Could that happen? Sure. That would be, that would just be sick as a character class. Gnome Illusionist Thief Acrobat. That would just be sick. <laughs> he does a tumble, of ha, ha, Phantasmal Killer. Yeah. Or, <laughs> I don't you know, see, yeah. I don't pole vaults not. and, and uh, does uh, shadow monsters <laughs> on you. That's pretty sick. Oh, I gotta create that
1: character. Uh-uh. Uh,
2: <laughs> so, okay. Another way to break the rules. Um, so... And even in the the table it talks about like the different experience levels and the level titles there's like at fifth sixth level you're a burglar acrobat seventh level you're a second story thief then cat burglar master cat burglar then name level is actually tenth at thief acrobat uh, so beyond that talks about the uh about broad jumping, tumbling, your uh, falling, how all that works, all the mechanics works for a thief acrobat. Um, there are certain adjustments uh, to be made for like certain things that your thief acrobat can make, depending on your strength score. The higher your strength, the better you're going to be at a high jump or a standing broad jump or a running broad jump, just for example. Um, and it has the tables that you need for all the different new skills of the typewriter rocking, and pole vaulting and so on. And it goes through the uh, the progression of that. One of the things I, I initially thought of with the thief acrobat, when or as far as like to improve the class, is I thought the fifth level cutoff was kind of l- low. Okay. I initially, and uh, in rereading this, I you going, know, you know what? Maybe they should be a thief should be seventh level before qualifying for a thief acrobat. You know, because it just gives a little bit more percentage on your skills that are locked in. You know, that was just one of the things I was kind of running through my head. But it's maybe only a ten percent difference between the skills between fifth and seventh level. So, eh. I don't know, that was one of the things that was kind of uh, going through my head at the time.
1: Yeah, or, or let's not, maybe as a DM you can allow the things to improve a little bit too.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Maybe there could you could do that, maybe not as um, quickly, maybe it's like... Two
1: to five percent maybe? Yeah, something like
2: that. Or if you're lucky, if you can find Gloves of Thievery or Gauntlets <laughs> of Dexterity, you know, maybe that'll help you out too. So that could happen. I mean, but as far as like um, tips on playing, I have never played a thief acrobat, but now I'm thinking about the gnome illusionist thief acrobat maybe someday. Who knows? It, it's a, I, but like I said, it just sounds like a character class that is more for urban environment. It doesn't sound like a whole lot that you would do in a wilderness setting. But it doesn't mean you couldn't use those skills, but it sounds like it's really like you're, um, what you might think of a thief in a city. He's climbing walls there. Not only that, but he's jumping across rooftops. He's walking across tightropes, um, things of that nature. And, and the, from what I've read also, if there's a thieves' guild, they have thief acrobats. They're held in just the same regard as a regular thief. There's no real animosity between the two different types it's just a different type of specialty if you will within the thieves guild
1: mm,
2: so I see um, this is
1: your swashbuckler class
2: it almost is in a yeah. way
1: you them a, a rapier and you know one of those little hats with the feather on it you can run around hopping and you know trying to kill things in I French. thought it
2: was I thought it was interesting that it does a do a, as far as a thief subclass if uh, for lack of a better term even though it's a sp- we call it split glass that there's an emphasis on strength. You know.
1: Yeah. I so, wonder if this was the basis when they got the, the whole idea for kits in second edition. Yeah. Because yeah. it kinda of reminds me of a kit from second edition.
2: Yeah, I, I yeah, it does kind of, and I think it wasn't it incorporated in the second edition a the, like an acrobat type in second I'm edition. Not, I'm not sure it never really got into second edition. I think I think it did. But um yeah, they did. What, your, what you did? I thought it was in that complete thief's handbook. There was like a thief acrobat.
1: There probably was.
2: But um, what are your guys' your your thoughts on the thief acrobat? And you know, what, what's uh, what's your two copper pieces on it? There, Will.
0: Well, let's see here. Thief acrobat? Nah,
1: <laughs> nah. Both I bits. mean, don't get
0: me wrong. I, I think a thief acrobat is a a, a good a uh, support character yeah. but he would not be a primary support character you know what i'm saying right because he would the- not be, yeah because the moment he gets to the fifth level and decides i'm going go to go the thief acrobat thing and, and and let me tell you something you know who the, per- the the thief acrobat i'm thinking about is that one that was in that dungeon and dragons cartoon that horrible yes. cartoon
1: I that love was that, that, that cartoon Oh, well, that girl gr- sorry
0: the, to break your heart i love the that girl, all it's yeah. shockiness no, I mean, it's, it's good, but like I said, it's not a primary support character. It's something that's in the background that if you need someone like that, and then you got a, a backup in case they fail to uh, find a trap or whatever. But I agree with you, assessment, But I think this is a character that's more suited for, like, a urban uh, type of terrain issue and everything. Yeah. Because, and then again, that's born onto itself. Because what are the other players doing? Are they all going to be thief acrobats or are they going to be running around the streets? Oh, look, there she is. How she get over there? Look like Spider-Man. Oh, no, Spider-Man. Oh, 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 Pull-Vault. Pull-Vault. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I think what you're
2: uh, I get what your idea is saying is, like, if you only have, like, one thief in the party, you don't want to make it eventually into a thief acrobat. This is like, if you have, like, a multi-class characters with, or you have single-class thieves, at least one other, and someone else is playing a thief, yeah, okay, they could th- become a thief acrobat. Hmm.
0: Yeah, that's what I
2: think. Yeah, that's what I kind of think, too. What about you, Vince? I've never actually played the class myself,
1: like you. It-
2: I, yeah, I, I've it's never just, played the class, but now I'm kind of intrigued the idea about a gnome illusionist thief acrobat.
1: It just never <laughs> it never appealed be, it never appealed to me to play the class. I mean, yeah. But to play ninja, it, it, I'll just go over to Oriental Adventures and play ninja.
2: Yeah, I and with the with those particular skills getting locked at fifth level, that's why I was kind of thinking, you know, maybe. Maybe lock them in at seventh. You know, maybe they should qualify at seventh level instead. This of is
1: level. like Will said, a, th- uh, a supporting character, like the third string in the football team, or something. Yeah, I would use it like a perfect NPC to help the party out for once in a while. I, I yeah. think it's more of an NPC class than a player class.
2: I I agree. It's it's more of a support role. This is like you know, if your th- first thief is down, he's not doing what he can do. You know bring it, bring in Bob the thief acrobat, see what he yeah. can do,
0: well, like I said, like I said it, it, the thief acrobat is not a staple it's not the staple character class for a beginning game. If you had a group of four people, you will get a regular thief, a regular cleric, a regular fighter, and a regular magic user. Now, if you yeah. have five people playing, sure, someone can go ahead and play a barbarian, and another person can go ahead and play a thief acrobat if they want right yeah yeah they're well, just you know they're, they're just background support kind of characters.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just another role playing opportunity. If someone wanted to do something a little bit more flamboyant, I guess, like you're saying, kind of like a Errol Flynn swashbuckler type
1: like you were saying, yeah, Vince. I could see this, uh, like a sea adventure Are you gonna be on a ship all the time. This would be a perfect Oh
2: yeah definitely I could see a thief acrobat in a in an aquatic type setting. You yeah know, on a Seaboard.
1: So like Water World. Oh sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so well Actually, let's uh, hear what you folks think out there. You can call us at five seven zero eight six five forty two ten. Leave us a voicemail, or you can uh, contact us at uh, I believe rfi staff
1: at gmail dot com. Oh my God, we have to mark this episode history. <laughs> Nick actually got both the phone number and the email address correct.
2: Yes, you can with, email wow. us and let let us what, know what you think of the thief acrobat class maybe if you have experiences using the Thief Acrobat, and maybe you know some tips and ideas of using this particular subclass of a player character class in AD&D First Edition. So, I guess uh, we're going to move on from there to our next, next segment.
1: Yes, we will.
0: The Dragon's Horde
1: so Dragon Tord this week is going to be looking at the same Polyhedron magazine, number 36. I thought it would be kind of interesting to show you some of the cool things that they had in here, like uh, they had the clerical spells in here. Your typical everyday clerical spells at low level that you have, you're thinking, oh, they're kind of useless. So they have a couple of ideas in here, like, for example, Continual White. The first thing that comes to your mind with Continual White more likely is like put it on a coin, we can use it and put it around our neck for a light source, or put it on joe's sword, so when he's in front holding a sword, we have a light source. But an example they gave here was instead of you using it that, maybe you can use it to mark a monster that's running away from you inside of a dark dungeon yeah isn't that a cool idea? Throw it on the he monster on his butt that's disgusting, Nick
2: <laughs> he's running away from you that's the biggest thing that's facing you.
1: Or wouldn't it blow up? Never mind. Um,
2: all if he has... All if he's eating beans.
1: Ew. <laughs> dispel magic. Now, we've all looked... At, this kind of made me wonder. Dispel magic. You can't dispel magic on a single item to make it non-magical for one round. I never knew that. Yeah. I've always thought when you dispel magic on something, it's gone. Hmm. I didn't know you could only do it for one round.
0: No. Dispel magic on... S- no, no, not this spe- You mean the spell? Dispel magic? Yeah. Yeah, I don't th- I think it's permanent. I don't think it's permanent. I was no, It's th- not it was-
2: permanent. It's, uh, well, let me look it up here. And, cleric, first level spell, I believe, the spell magic? Yeah.
1: It lasts. Oh, no, wait, duration. Permanent. Yeah. And here they're saying you can be cast on one. Uh, I only make it non-magical for one round. So I guess they're giving you. errata to the spell, then? <sighs>
2: Or is that a dean, the basic d d version of it? Mm-hmm. Or, well, let's read in the description. Maybe if it's cast on an item, it only lasts for a certain round. Hmm. Okay, hold on.
0: And while we're waiting while he's reading everything... <laughs>
1: We could listen to this song by Conway Twitter. No, okay.
0: No, could you imagine if there was a dwarf thief acrobat trying to go across one of those tightrope lines? I just couldn't imagine. A 300-pound dwarf going across a tightrope line.
1: Yeah. Well, he's looking that up also, the feigned death spell. We all know what that spell does, but... Yep. Think of the spell as using it... You can use it to slow poison down. Isn't that kind of cool? Mm. And, and it also is proof against energy-draining attacks. I never knew that. Have you ever thought of using it like that, Well, No, right?
0: The feigned death, I knew about the poison, but not the uh, level draining.
2: Yeah. It says here, under Dispel Magic, it will not affect a specifically enchanted item, such as a scroll, magic ring, wand, rod, staff, miscellaneous magic item, magic weapon, magic shield, or magic armor. It will destroy magic potions, remove spells, cast upon persons or objects, or or counter the casting spells in the area of effect. So now, I don't so know one. where I think this, whoever wrote this, they're wrong.
1: <laughs> this is by Jeff Martin, whoever he is. Well,
2: Jeff, you're wrong.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, he, he's also saying, uh, whole person. Uh, say you're in a tight area and there's a bunch of monsters coming at you, you throw a whole person on the front one. They all get stuck behind that first one. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, protection from evil. I didn't know this, but the reverse of the spell obviously is protection from good. And it says when casted, will keep out all good and evil enchanted creatures. Interesting. I didn't know that was possible. They can do, if you do the reverse, it does both.
0: I, mean, I don't know about that one. I don't know that about sound, that sounds yeah, it sounds a little
1: fishy, but he's saying you can do that. I can look it up.
0: <laughs> no. Now, where, this is in that Polyhedron magazine? Yeah. Yeah.
1: One that I thought was really cool that I never would have thought of: speak with animals. This spell is very effective in gathering information from animals, as in what's going on in the land. You the people won't tell you what's going around. Talk to the animals. Huh? Why oh, not?
2: You know what? It does say in the protection from evil spell the the um, the reverse. The spell can be reversed to become protection from good, although it still keeps out enchanted evil creatures as well. Hmm. So it does both in the reverse.
0: Well, what there's—oh, what you're saying is, though, when the person cast it, protection from good, you're talking yeah. about all good creatures.
2: And evil, too. That's interesting. It, yeah, it says it right in the description.
1: Keep that book open, because here's another one I got a question for you here. Command sure. spell. Now, I'm familiar with commands. Well, you're familiar. It's a one-word command to tell someone to do something. But I thought Mm -hmm. you couldn't use it to tell someone to do something really suicidal or dangerous. Command? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I looked that up. Uh, Command,
2: you can – they'll obey to the best of their his or her ability only as long as the command is absolutely clear and unequivocal. Okay. i.e. suicide can be a noun so the creature would ignore the command. A command to die would cause the recipient to fall into a faint or cataleptic state for one round. her after-creature would be alive as well. So oh. typical commands, back, halt, flee, run, stop, fall, fly, go, leave, surrender, sleep, rest,
1: etc. You said on this, commands to jump or swim can be useful near cliffs or hazardous waters.
2: Yeah, because you're not telling them to jump off the cliff. You're just telling them to jump. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know about that either. I think that's a
0: bit... mm. That's thing like swimming a pool of piranhas.
2: If they don't know if the piranhas are in there, you tell them to swim, sure. (laughs) Or if you tell them to jump and they don't know a cliff is there,
1: then fine. There you go. Well, if you're standing next to a cliff, you hit command, you say jump. Obviously, the person is going to know there was a cliff right there. I mean, what if they don't know? What if they're,
2: like, they can't see it for some reason?
1: Well, then, I don't know, Nick. <laughs> you, you found the loophole. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I don't know. I like this one. Anime Dead Monster. A cleric can carry a set of bones with him until needed, pass the bones under a door, and then cast a spell, and the skeleton can be ordered to open the door or raise the lever.
2: <laughs> I love that. That's, That's awesome. That's really cool. One I have used is... Um... I don't know if I spoke about this before. This was actually back way back in the day, back in 1900, when <laughs> um I played a cleric in a group. Uh it were, I think it was, and it was a very popular DM. He had like 8 or 10 people playing at one time and I was like one of the one of two party clerics. Actually, I might have been the only party cleric. And we were in a desert region attacked by a blue dragon. Blue Dragon was lobbing, you know, doing its lightning bolt breath and casting spells. So I'm like, what do I do? The, the, the party's getting hammered here. And so I cast Silent's 15 foot radius on its head. <laughs> oh. Totally negating its magic, uh, magic use ability of casting spells. And I was the savior of the party.
1: <laughs> uh, let's see, there's another one here. I um, us trying to find it here. Secret animals we did. Sticks to snakes. You can use the reverse on a snake that's poisonous, make it into a stick, put it in mm-hmm. your pouch. Later on, stick the snakes and throw the snake out.
2: Oh, heck yeah, that would be awesome. And um, your Charles the Nest and Moses moment right there.
1: Boo! <laughs> <laughs> yep. This one I didn't think was was interesting. Detect magic. Only they say only one inch of thickness of metal will block the spell.
0: Mm-hmm. I didn't Yeah, that, that's right.
1: That is yeah. right? Alright. Yeah. Detect lie. The reverse of the spell would be what? Tell truth?
2: Detect, or detect truth. Detect
1: truth? Yeah. The reverse of the spell can be a powerful way of getting past a guardian or a single powerful monster.
0: Hmm. What
1: do you think about that? Huh. I'm trying to figure out how
2: to apply that. Well, maybe if you captured a monster and you ask it questions, do you cast Detect Truth
1: <laughs> instead of Detect Lie? I don't know. I mean... <laughs> it, it's so something to really think about. It makes you think these odd ways of using these spells.
0: Yeah, but you know what I do when I come to stuff like this? I just use the Kiss Rule. Yeah, be
2: part of the Kiss Army, man.
0: That's Woo! right, gotta be. Now, detect lie. Which one is that one?
1: The clerical spell.
0: What level is that spell?
1: I believe that's first level. These are all first. I think first level
2: spells. Oh wait a minute! A detect lie is.
1: Oh, I'm looking on this thing here.
0: Yeah, I was just wondering because, I mean, I'm just looking at these spells. And, you know, trying to make spells more powerful than they are to give the players an advantage, that's that's kind of like, I don't really like that idea.
1: Uh, they also go into some druid spells here as well. Uh, one that really flags me here is ceremony spell. Rest eternal will make sure a slain opponent stays dead. Huh?
0: A ceremony? That's interesting.
1: They're uh. saying that you cast that and it'll make them slain an opponent stay dead.
0: Yeah, what Mitch pretty much means, they can't be risen from resurrected. the dead. Yeah. Or
2: reincarnated.
0: Yeah, but then Ceremony, that that spell is only like a second. I'm sorry, it's a little higher than that. I'll take that back. Ceremony, I'm trying to find where that spell's at. I'm trying to figure out where they're getting these spells from.
1: I'm. They're probably, I don't know.
0: Ceremony must come from the Unearthed Arcana.
2: Maybe. I believe it is.
1: Oh, that's why, then. Okay. Um, in fact, I can look in the spell list. While right you're looking here, that up. Hold on, folks. While you're looking <laughs> that up, there's another one here. Pass without trace, you know that spell. Oh, yeah. yeah. This spell can be used in instant. When cast on another creature, the ground the creature passes over will radiate magic for one to six turns, so you can track it easily. <laughs> Never thought about uh, that.
0: I think people are grasping for straws now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Ceremony is in the Unearth Arcana.
0: I figured as such.
1: Warp Wood. This spell may be effective against enemies, maps, scrolls, and spell books. Oh, heck yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Cast Warp Wood on, a, on someone's scroll. Oh, man. <laughs> well, anything made of wood. That includes paper products.
1: Protection from fire or lightning. Because of the great amount of damage that is negated by this spell, a clever druid could enrage a dragon, who so it waste his breath weapon on him. Ouch. Cool. Yeah, it would be a good idea. Plant growth. This is a good way for a druid to rest in safety. As an 8th level druid can stay within an oak tree for 12 yep. hours.
0: Huh. Yeah, that's actually a good one, yep.
1: Yep. That's pretty much of those ones that stand out were really cool.
0: Yeah, I guess it depends on interpretation and, and specifics on spells and so on. I, think, uh, I mean, That kind wonder-
2: of brings up here, uh, when we're talking about the Druid, have we done a show about Druids? Yeah.
1: We have? I couldn't remember if we did or Way not. Way back. It was like one of the f- ones that Jason did. Oh, okay. okay. We could revisit it. It doesn't matter.
2: I was wondering, because I know there was a Dragon Magazine article back in the day where they kind of... St- there was a really good thing about druids and how how useful they are in the dungeon environment.
0: Druid.
2: The Druids. No one knows where they were game from or where they were
1: going. Druid. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Made Stonehenge.
1: <laughs> so anyway, if you want to start your own RPGA group, there's a letter in the back here you could send to TSR <laughs> and to let you know that they considered the different ranks of the TSR I never knew this. The different ranks of the club were yes. fellowship, guild, Conclave and Assembly. So you have to at least have 10 members in your club to have a fellowship of the RPGA. I don't think it ended like that, but... Oh, uh, by the way, you have to get this in before August 31st 1987, so... Oh. You're out of luck.
0: 1987? Yeah. I was in boot camp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
1: Oh, poor Will.
0: That's just terrible.
1: And then Will got out of boot camp and started screaming at people becoming the drill sergeant that he is today.
0: Oh, no, no, no. At least I wasn't reading from the book verbatim, just as Nick was just a second ago.
1: Ooh.
2: Hey.
0: You're going to hear someone complain about that. We know who that is. Ah, uh, well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what else? All right, so next episode when we'll be back will probably be after, well...
2: After Labor Day.
1: Labor Day. People probably won't notice, really, because of the gap of the shows. but. And we're going to have Will uh, read off of I-5... The last two more (laughs) Word for word. The whole module. Word for word. We'll read it, and that'll be the whole entire episode.
2: Oh, Oh, joy. Don't punish me.
1: He'll break it down and tell us what is good about it and why it's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know.
0: Well, I'm converting A1 to Pathfinder. I can tell you about that.
1: You are? Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Tell me about that. Converting? Yeah. What are, what are you doing? How are you doing it?
0: All I'm doing it is simply just doing redoing the whole module in, in, in its original format. I'm simply converting it over to Pathfinder statistics, and I'm gonna show how simple it is.
1: Cool. Are you are you running that with your local group online? No, or?
0: no, no. I'm I don't, willing to disbelieve. I don't intend on doing any more. uh, When I do these conversions, I have no intentions of running any more of these first edition AD&D modules until I am done with uh, the Pathfinder ones that I'm doing.
2: Oh, speaking of, like, adventures and gaming groups, like you're talking about, you're converting that one, um, I do have my my youngest daughter, Anna. We're going to start an AD&D campaign with some friends of hers from school. Yes, I, I talked about that last time. Yes, and um, what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to st- I'm going to start posting on the OSR forums, and I'm going to do like a um, a log of that. Yes, so everybody can uh, start reading that. Uh, hopefully, in the next few weeks, we'll get started with that. So I will post something as soon as I get everything about everybody's characters.
1: There is a uh, campaign adventure blog area on the forums just for that.
2: Yep, and I will be blogging it. It'll be a blast.
1: There's a couple people who have actually utilized it. I think Will used, utilized it once for one of his games.
0: Oh, you know, as a matter of fact, I just uh, I got a little backlogged on that. And I'd like to and do uh, a blog on all the stuff that I do, but it's just physically impossible with all the uh, other projects that I have going on, with all the game conventions and everything. I'll get back to it, though.
1: Yeah, and uh, I'm, let's see. I should be hopefully starting another adventure, uh, actual play podcast for D&D shortly and people convinced me to bring back the book of sorrows group so that should be back too remember that campaign oh, from two no, years yeah, ago book right, of sorrows yeah. heck yeah
0: and i believe you want me to run a beginning game next month
1: yeah for a couple of us uh over skype
0: yeah cool yeah and we, we have... had a game tomorrow i believe am i supposed to have a game tomorrow I are you when is that game supposed to be run by DM Dwayne?
1: Oh, yeah, I think he said tomorrow. Yeah, I think he said on Monday nights.
0: We're going to help him roll up for characters. Well, we're just going to be all
2: busy, busy, busy this fall and winter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, everyone's cool. going to be inside.
2: Yeah, that's why exactly I did this campaign, something for the kids to do inside. And I think it's going to be kind of cool putting it down as yeah. a blog because, you know, you know, we'll think back when we were you know, that age, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old when we started, you know, first started playing. So
0: Yeah, but you're going to have SpongeBob play. SquarePants and My Little Ponies and all that stuff in your game, though, right?
2: Uh, actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Anna made a... She made a human ranger. Uh, also, her friend... I said her friend, uh, John Paul, he's got a elf uh, fighter magic user. And his dad's going to play. Cool. So we're going to make him a character, too. So we definitely have <laughs> three people so far.
1: You know what I um, like going to? Starting up a group, telling everybody to make up characters on your own, bring it to the group. You sit down, and there's three rangers in the group.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right now, we just got the one. I think we're going to have, like, our first session was we're going to do, you know, actual um, just creating the characters for, like, session zero, and maybe I'll, I'm going to put out the plot hooks. I'm going to have, like, three or four plot hooks out there for them to hang on to. So I already got one with a guy, the John Paul, with his character. He's from the town of Hamlet, so you probably know where that's leading. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: You're going to uh, punish those people with that kind of stuff?
2: Heck yeah, I am. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. They can handle it.
0: Yeah, wait till they oh, die. They right. Daddy's a mean man. A
1: nah. couple people Thank asked us questions on our forums, and I meant to ask you this, Nick. Mm. Uh, since you're the Hackmaster expert here, oh okay. W- w- did they release an advanced book or something recently, or are they going to? Yes,
2: yes, there is. Uh, at the Kenzer Co. website, they did uh, re. They actually re-released um, Hackmaster Basic as a free PDF, right. and plus the player's handbook is now available. It got re. It got released um, the beginning of this month. Uh, beginning is of this like
1: different rules or the same rules from basic or
2: uh it's the same rules from the the new basic that came out a couple of years ago
1: uh-huh.
2: uh so if you're familiar with that it's different from Hackmaster master fourth edition absolutely different uh and the uh hacklopedia is is going to be out soon as well you can get it now um actually, I think it's both as PDF and print you can get the Haclopedia beast, so you know go to kensercode.com and check it out. I mean it's different it's I don't it's not my cup of tea, yeah, but um, if you want to just try to find something different, I mean
1: you know go for it. take a look. I was kind of disappointed when I got the basic book for that last year at Gen Con. yeah, and I went and sat and did the demo with some of the people from KenzerCo. Yep. And I wasn't... I was just like, this is dumb. I Man. hate to say that. I mean, I like... The, I, I'm sorry. I, I like the Kenshiro people. They're awesome people, but... I just thought the combat system was bogged down. Too much was. stuff to do. Yeah.
2: It is. And I, I didn't I understand that comp- initiative
1: tracker thing that they had with the pegs and everything.
2: Yeah. It's just a little too much. The thing it's that too, Jolly made well, up it's that... It's too
1: crunchy, in my opinion. That thing that Jolly made up with the little pegs on the on the wooden board and everything...
2: Yeah. Did did you see that?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought that was, I was like, put the pin here, you go, put the pin there, someone else goes, and then someone else goes, When you put the pin in a different spot. I was like, what? Yeah. I didn't get it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's very crunchy when it comes to combat. That's why it's not really my
1: thing. And then it was, you roll. Some people like that. You roll, and the person rolls, and if you get a certain number, and the person gets a certain number, he hits a certain way. I was like, right. why did they do this?
2: Yeah, they have the opposing roles stuff now.
1: I'm, I'm, I was trying to figure out why they did that. And I guess to get as far away from 4th edition as possible. I think well, so.
0: well what it comes down to, it, when they're doing that, they're going back to that, what you call it, that Warhammer fantasy role-playing game mechanic. Oh. It's almost like that in a way. Yeah. And being with it, we're talking about other RPGs out there, I, I went and got that free RPG from uh, that that DCC game. Oh yeah,
2: Adventure okay. ball Classics. Yeah. Yes. No.
0: Oh nah. Not bad. I mean, you might as well play D twenty another D twenty game, except this one's a little more brutal. That's that's basically what it is. Yeah, I, I looked at
2: it at first. I thought it was a cool concept. But I'm like, you know what, I can retro this onto my any my game. I don't need a whole new mechanic for this.
1: Was that that I, big giant black book that came out that was really pretty and everything?
2: Yeah, they have two versions. They have the black book that's a limited collector's edition and that thing was huge.
1: I saw yeah. that at no, I mean
2: everything's in there and it's great for that, but it's just really they like like uh Will saying, they just took the basic D twenty concept and and did some little tweaks here and there added you know, new funky dice, but um, I, I read through it. I thought cool concept, very cool. But and I'm um, look, I, I took a step back. And I'm like, you know what? I could actually take some of these ideas and retrofit this onto my AD&D game.
0: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that, and I see how they developed the adventure to do that. My issue with it is, it's a D20 game. They added some stuff. They re- they removed a lot of stuff, but it's much more deadlier in this type of system too I noticed that that's why they oh, yeah. got that, yeah yeah they got that silly character funnel thing and so I a, love the character funnel I think that's but, great well there's a lot of negative things that come with it too Well, so I've been watching the, 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 the blogs on and the forums on it concerning the funnel and it just yeah yeah well, you're gonna die in this game I'll tell you right now you, you feel a asleep. that's why they tell you to make three to five characters from the beginning <laughs> yeah but that's nothing new they did that in Dark Sun
2: yeah,
1: okay Jeez. then three to five characters wow
2: yeah, but it's like real, it's really basic stuff. Yeah, it's It's really. You can, basic. Make, you can make. In fact, there's an online character generator now for it. You hmm. know, it immediately generate like four characters for you, so you don't even have to roll them up.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah,
2: I, and, and if you wanted to do it by hand, it doesn't take long at all to generate a character. I mean, you're talking almost like back in like back in the original Basic D and D days. Generate a character, you're done in like ten fifteen minutes
1: alright well yeah. that's cool that's all I can think of and I think that's gonna put a wrap on the chit chat part of the show here yes <laughs> as we all went off into the left field and thoughts and yes. dreams and hopes and we listened to hopes Will and dreams and, and now for the rest of the show Will's gonna read from the bible no I'm kidding uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway I'm gonna oh, say my exactly praise you. Uh, <laughs> keep it original keep it old school and good night, everybody
0: Reverend. (laughs) Amen. Roll for
2: initiative.